When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listeners, listen, this is Lady Bunny here, and I've got good news, and I've got bad news. The good news is that Monet Exchange will not be available to host today's podcast because she is gearing up to debut for Drag Race All-Stars Season 7. The bad news is that she is still alive. Okay, I know that wasn't a great opening joke, but I'm on my own here, folks. What do you want? I mean, uh... Um, we're each other's sidekicks. Monet is not here. I hope you will tune in to see her do her thing and compete. But in the meanwhile, I have taken this opportunity to go into a musical direction with our next guest. We are both big fans of disco music. We both spin disco music and together with his DJ Collective? I don't know if that's what you would call it, but it's a bunch of DJs working together under the name Horsemeat Disco. You've seen them in at Gay Pride events all over the world uh, or just regular events, corporate events, club events, outdoor festivals. Here to tell us about new music and new goings-on is Horsemeat DJ Luke Howard. Welcome him. Bonnie, yes! I thought I thought that we agreed. I was only <laughs> gonna I was only gonna do the podcast if Monet was gonna be here. Like what the hell? Like <gasps> Oh my god, the guests are I only did it because I wanted to meet Monet. I don't want to talk to you. No, I'm just oh, kidding. It's, 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 an, it's an a pleasure to be here, Bunny. I, I do appreciate you <laughs> asking me. I'm I'm flattered, I'm honored, I'm delighted. Thank now, you. You're 
Your DJ, you're welcome. Your DJ name is Luke Howard. Yeah, but we, I've just, I, 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 I basically lost my identity with the Horsemeat Disco Collective, and so pretty much all the time I just do Horsemeat Disco gigs as Horsemeat Disco, and usually there's two of us. We have a residency in New York, actually, so we are. I'm playing there on the next holiday that you have. Is it uh, Veterans Day? What's Memorial the Day? Memorial Day. Thank it's you. It's the yeah. end of so May. Sunday, Memorial Day, Sunday. I'm playing. I'm doing New York. We're doing Horsemeat Disco in New York, and I'm coming. So I'm very happy about that because I. Where are you playing? It is the. <laughs> now you put me on the spot. We normally ah, do. El- honey. We, no- we normally do elsewhere in Brooklyn, <laughs> but I think we're doing. There's that other big venue out in Brooklyn. I haven't been to New York for since 2019, so that's you have to forgive me. Your listeners probably know more than that's I okay. do. But yeah, we're playing at. Oh, this, listen, honey, people. The knockdown. We're doing the knockdown center on on. Memorial Day okay. Sunday. I can't believe I okay. remembered that. No, honey, a lot of times people will will text me and say, "Oh, I see you're coming to Pittsburgh. Where?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I mean, if you saw the ad, you know more than me. A booking agent said it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I'm get the on the plane. I have an itinerary so, and I look at it and I'm like, "Okay, I'll just I'll do it." I'll, I I turn up. We're both professionals. You and I, Bon Bon. And we get on that plane and we go and do the jobs. But sometimes I'm like you. I don't know where I'm going or what it's for or, yeah. But, yeah. no, it's Knockdown I... Center. <laughs> it's Horsemeat Disco New York at the Knockdown Center. There, I say. Okay. Which is where they hold Bushwig, the drag festival, for the past couple of years. It's, yeah, exactly. So I It's a great space. Since... It's kind of in. It's indoor, outdoor, so that's great, you know, uh-huh. for And I, COVID like I said, purposes. I haven't been since 2019 so I'm really looking forward to coming because um, I also have family in New York, so I want to see my family, so that would be nice. And my cousin had twins, not quite recently. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. you would have a cousin of childbearing age at your age. But that's okay. <laughs> he is a lot younger, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about you later, but how does that work with a DJ collective like i mean i spoke to dicky do in berlin dj mm-hmm. dicky do and he said he had done a little spot with the horse meat people because it's kind of a genius idea and it's really taken off for you what in the last like eight years because there's like is it what is it like six four main djs yeah so there's four of us there's me luke howard there's james hillard jim stanton and severino so there's four of us and usually we divide the gigs up. Usually two of us go and do the gigs. Occasionally all four of us, but most of the time it's just two of us. We also still have, we started off as a party on Sunday nights at Eagle in London, which you have played at quite a few, on quite a few occasions. And, and that's loved. where we started. Yeah, that's where we started 18 years ago. And then... Yeah, we just kind of started doing a few festivals and then we got a DJ agent and he started booking us and things just grew from there. And so we went, you know, we did a resident, we, we still have a residency in Berlin and we have the residency in New York. And yeah, we do a lot of festivals and shows all over the, all over the place, really. So yeah, we are lucky. Uh, yeah, the Eagle is still going strong, and mm-hmm. I love going there. I love playing there. I love hearing you there. I think the first time I went to play there, I like. I think I was 
maybe on something. And I, uh, I, 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 I like got into the booth, and I mean, of course, I think this was maybe the first time I DJ there. Maybe it was the second. I kind of like fucked up the needle because I was too off to know that you to see that you were playing vinyl. Remember that? It was, I was like, oh God. They're like, what are we gotten ourselves into? But I, luckily, oh girl, it is a fun place to go. You are always a lot of fun when when you play there, Bonnie. We love it. We love having you there. So hopefully next time you come, you can, you know, definitely, a, definitely a, one of your so fabulous it, sets. How does that? How does that work though with with all of these other DJs? I mean, it obviously works well because you can. There can be a horse meat party in Japan, in uh, Brazil, and in Chicago. Sometimes you farm each other out. Do, is, yeah, go ahead. we do. I mean, sometimes we'll have like four or five shows a weekend and, you know, all over Europe. And then, you know, like ne the weekend after when I'm doing the Memorial Day weekend to, with James, then Sevi and Jim will be doing, I don't know where they're doing, but they'll be doing something. So, um, yeah, we we, it, <laughs> we got it covered. <laughs> so, yeah. So there can be a horse meat disco party with different DJs in Japan, Chicago, in London at the Eagle on the same night. What destinations do you fight over? Like, like what festivals, what, what cities do you really, I mean, you're in Miami, you're in uh, everywhere, Paris. To be honest, we don't really fight over things. We just, we all get a chance to do stuff. I mean, I would love to go to Japan again. So maybe I would fight over Japan because I love going there, but we haven't, we haven't done that for a long time. As you know, I like going to Brazil, so I would always be like, I want the Brazil, but we don't do that very often either. So, you know, we don't really fight. We just get on with it and we just just do it. You know, we just get on, get on with it. So, yeah, we've been doing it for so long now, I think so, that. So you're drag queen. Hmm? What? So you're not drag queens and you don't argue over every little thing and make everything dramatic. Well. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know that. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. We just bottle up loads of resentment <laughs> and then just, you know, hate each other, like, in a very English way. No, we get on fine, but, you, but there's enough work to go around. And to be honest with you, I'm getting a little bit old now, so I don't love flying around. So I like doing UK stuff, Ireland. I like getting on the train. If I can go to Paris or Brussels on the Eurostar, I'm happy to do that. I like getting places by train if I can. But, and I have definitely sort of stop doing as much as I used to just because it's so exhausting but and you know so but I get it plenty I still have plenty of work so I'm happy to just do local shows around the UK and uh, and stuff like that so I had a bit of an issue with my visa mistaken identity I had a visa cancelled for America so I had to really step back from doing all those shows because I couldn't go I couldn't get in um, so that meant that there was more of those gigs for the guys and then I would do other stuff. So, you know, it all works out well. We, yeah, we, we figure it out. So why aren't you going to be in town next week? Then are you on, you traveling? Me? I'm going to be in Houston, um, working for a wonderful lady whose daughter loves Bunny. And I told him, Bunny is not for children. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Really? You're doing children's That's party? Doing, like, is it a bat mitzvah? <laughs> Clowns have always cleaned up at kids' parties, and yeah. I have um, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I always say, this is my act. Are you sure? And they're, they're sure. So, you know, these kids run around on the, under, the internet, under net. And, uh, you know, they know everything, you know, that can be known about everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm they're sure there are some by your old, parental. They're not going to be shocked by your jokes about pooing yourself and... <laughs> Luke came to my show, guys, in uh, London in February, and at the end of it said, I think you could use a few more poop and fart jokes. I don't think you have enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, anyway, hey, listen, Luke, you've been coming to my shows for a long time. My act is like 75% new. I have not said that in 15 years. But you've still got it takes two, it takes two, it takes two to make a make your whole field tight, field which tight. obviously is classic. And I never want you to to, <laughs> to not have that in your show because <laughs> I love it. And people still, well, you know, you like, still gets a laugh. It takes it three does, to make it out of sight. Well, there's, there's, I mean, you know, you don't want to go see Cher sing without performing Believe or, you know, Half Breed. You don't want to go see Gloria Gaynor and not hear I Will Survive. I mean, if you you're want... lucky to have a hit, you might want to do it if you like to pay your rent. <laughs> but you want the Lady that's... Bunny classics when you go and see her. And that well, is one I of mean... the all-time classics. It is, but it, it 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 was a little worn out. And, uh, you know, it's been fun for me to add some Lizzo and Ariana Grande and all that kind of stuff to my act. To be honest with you, Bunny, I'm so useless at new music that I was like, I don't know this song, I don't know the reference. And I was like asking people, what was the original of this? And I think I asked you one of them. There was something from a musical, and I was like, I did not know what that was at all. But I still oh, laughed yeah, at the but jokes. That was that was from um, from uh, the I know the name of the, the Little Mermaid and and it was Ursula's song Poor Unfortunate Souls. Now that's a funny one because young people know that out the ass, but um, our age does not always know <laughs> that song that well. But more theatery queens do so. And hopefully uh, those so, children so at what, that party. Is... Hopefully the children at the party in Houston will know that one as well. <laughs> I may say, well, since I changed the words to be about bottoms and tops, I, that one may not go over well. But you never know and if you want to see your kid's favorite. I mean, I love Disney movies growing up. You know, I mean, please. So if you want to see me butcher a Disney classic. Yeah, I, I, I like to get him on the phone and I say, so there's literally a dildo hanging from my crotch to the tune of... I'm not a girl, <laughs> not yet a woman. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's not cool with you, I mean, if that's cool, then the rest of the show will be cool. But, um, you know, when you work on the edge, sometimes you get kicked in the teeth, but uh, that's all sometimes right. Sometimes you might get pushed um, over. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And foot, foot right good. <laughs> We've known each other for how, I mean, probably 35 years, 30? I mean, probably like getting on for 30. Yeah, I think I met you in the 90s uh, through Jeffrey Hinton and Princess Julia and Vicky uh, Bartlett. And yes. yeah, and I've been a big so, fan always. Oh, well, same here. I mean, I, I don't, when did you start DJing? 
I started in the like late 80s and I had my first residency in 1990 at Queer Nation and that was when I kind of that's when it all sort of started happening for me and then I guess I've been lucky because I've sort of worked ever since then I've always had had the residency at Queer Nation and then I had the residency at Horsemeat Disco so I've always had jobs as a DJ which I yeah and basically Horsemeat Disco was just going back to the roots and playing all the classics and wheeling them all out again and so I've been kind of lucky because I had a second shot and already had the records and already had a lot of the music although I still do collect music and there's so many there's so much disco to discover still after all these years because every country in the world was making disco and there's so many like mm-hmm. sort of lost artists and people keep finding these new tracks so that's always exciting to get some new music that's old <laughs> yeah well so when you were DJing at queer nation was it more of a house music thing with disco like, mixed in or was it straight yeah it was more like house that like new york club sound of the 90s which is so classic all that stuff that we love all those kind of like masters at work um all those frankie knuckles mixes ultra and david Nate. morales mixes and all those amazing artists like barbara tucker and ultra Nate that were putting out some wonderful records back then and that's i think that was a real golden age for new york and for music that was coming out of new york and it was a golden age for clubs in new york and so it was a good time to be a dj because there was so much amazing music coming out then as you know so when you started uh horse meat disco 18 years ago that is probably i don't know like i'm terrible at math but like 20 2002 2003 is that yeah, right 18 like years that, ago yeah. i don't know yeah so at that time the music on the gay scene um it actually was turning me off and i was ending up spin, spinning more i mean honey jaw rule you know p i was more interested in um in uh Hip hop artist Nelly or whatever than the 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 hard circuit sound in gay clubs because you know they say that so so the '90s house period in New York's moment well I mean the Roxy was probably one of the pinnacle of it the club on 18th Street that was also a roller skating rink and it was a huge gay uh, mecca with everyone from the home of Van Zant to Amanda Lepore an early Amanda Lamore, you know, working there. And it was just like throngs of shirtless men and this great house music. And I have a theory because the drug of choice then, in addition to Coke and alcohol and whatever, was ecstasy, which uh-huh. went along with the happy, um, if, if mournful, like, uh, gospel piano and the wailing tones of artists like Ann Nesby, who sang The Pressure, and Barbara Tucker, Alternate, as you mentioned, Christine W., there's tons. So then the music got so hard as we hit the 2000s. And it, you know, by the late 2000s, it was that circuit stuff. Even by the, the even by the, like 1998, it was, had turned into the Peter Rauhofer and the much, much harder circuit DJs. So, I mean, I got to give horse me credit. I mean, not just as a disco fan, not just as a friend, not just as someone who spins, uh, dance, classic dance music from the 70s and early 80s, but 
y'all went in a completely new direction and found success because not only do you play disco, which is what, you know, we often play at tea dances here, um, but you also, you look for the rare gems and, um, and you keep the floor full with the rare gems because you're not, you, you have a love for music and it's not, I mean, it's not, this is music that wasn't commercial when it was out necessarily. So, I mean, you are digging up the, the, the goodies like Cheryl Lee Ralph in the evening is a famous horse meat song. What, what are some of your other like, you know, showdown, like this is a defining moment on the dance floor for horse meat. I mean, I think you're right about the music kind of, ch I think that the, you're right about the music changing and then we definitely were trying to do something different because there was that very hard, tough sound. And in the UK, we had a really kind of hard house sound that they used to play at trade. Oh, I, I know. I love the promoter, <laughs> but the I could barely. clash. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. No, I love the promoter at trade, but I could barely sit in there with mm -hmm. that music. Yeah, it was very hard. And then we had this, there was a sort of an electro clash moment where everything became a bit more eclectic. And, and I just, I suppose Horsemeat was, a, you know, it was a bit of a response to just wanting to play stuff that we liked. And like you said, sort of discovering sort of, or replaying stuff that had been, because actually in the evening was a big hit in the UK in gay clubs when it was out. Um, and so it was just a, a matter of kind of selecting some of the things that were fun and bringing that sort of energy back a bit. And I suppose what we also tried to do, I mean, we do play commercial disco. There's no, you know, I'm not saying we are totally underground, but we try and mix it up a little bit and just bring some of our favorite stuff in. And I guess, you know, like trying to think about like album tracks rather than just the obvious tracks. And one of the things, one of the tracks of wood that is a real sort of horse meat track is a track by, Luck, by Donna Summer called Lucky. And it's an album track and I kind of did a little edit of it and I sort of extended it because it's only about four minutes and I made it into a like seven minute track. And that, you know, it sounds like I Feel Love era Donna Summer, but it's an album track. So not everybody knows it, but they sort of hear it and they think, what is this track? But it's a lot of people, unless you're a really big Donna Summer fan and you know all her album tracks, you may not know that track. And so things like that, we would try and just, you know, mix things up a little bit and not just play the obvious kind of, I mean, I'm not averse to playing all the obvious classics when I have to, you know, because I love that music is timeless and it will never die. But then I also like to kind of, you know, find, like sometimes we'll like find a Brazilian version of a classic record. So there's like another record that became a big record at Horsemeat was um, Leonora O'Malley. It's a track called First Be A Woman. Yes. Actually, Daniel Wang, who's a, is a DJ from Berlin, who's a, an American DJ who lives in Berlin, he played it first at Horse Me, and we were like, what is this record? And then I you found know, a Brazilian version He was a New York DJ before that. He was a New York, uh, I, I yeah, know Danny. exactly. Yeah. Exactly, so Danny introduced us to First Be A Woman, but then I found a Brazilian version of First Be A Woman, which is called Caminhando, by this artist called Alessandro, and it's exactly the same music. It sounds really good, but the, they've changed the lyrics, and the lyrics are not translated as first be a woman that it, she's talking about walking in the park or something but the, the melody is exactly the same in the production so it's about finding things like that and sort of surprising surprising ourselves and and the audience so finding first be a woman and then finding a brazilian version of it so like you know trying to just yeah dig digging around and seeing what's there rather than just playing the standards and i guess we didn't you know we we know all the like 
New York classics and the garage classics and we love them we love them to pieces and they are amazing but I think it was about just going a little bit further and delving and and you know looking into the Euro disco a bit more or the or the Italo disco or the you know and just finding finding different different things to play as well but as well as you know I always think the disco there's like a canon of disco music of the classics that were played at you know the garage or the warehouse or the loft that will be there forever and we will always respect and love that music and but we will try and add to it you know by by creating our own little classics and i think the irony for me was for me like new york is the mecca for disco it's like where it all really began it's where all the best clubs and the best djs were and the best music was being played where there's that knowledge from the people that were there back in the day the ones that are still alive that are still going to loft parties or the 718 sessions for me when i first came to dj in new york i was so nervous because it's like this is like going to the mecca of disco and like what am I going to do here that hasn't been done before and so that was it's been a total as you say gag to end up with a big party in New York for me because to me going to New York was like where I got educated about music where I danced on dance floors like the sound factory and things like that and where I learned and heard amazing DJs so it was just like god I can't believe I'm in New York playing disco we have a saying in English I don't know if you have it in America but taking calls to Newcastle you know and I felt like that's what I was doing taking disco to New York was like the the saying is you know you, you get the meaning so I always felt really like scared like oh my god I can't believe I'm in New York DJing and I'm playing disco so but now I mean it's an absolute privilege it's an it's a privilege and it's an honor for me to to have that opportunity in my life what, what, so yeah what, and i think the thing what? is stick to your guns and and play the music that you love and then things kind of work out don't follow fashion just do what you like you know well, you, do what you're into I, I mean so you, you know you you said a lot but first let's talk about the canon of disco so what luke is talking about is uh the songs that everybody knows, Dancing Queen, It's Raining Men, Boogie Oogie Oogie, uh, You Make Me Feel Mighty Sylvester. So, you know, um, if you've been playing disco music since it came out, <laughs> as uh, Luke and I almost have been, uh, I mean, we started in the 80s, it came out in the late 70s. I mean, yeah, you don't want to hit. You don't want to play YMCA at every gig. There's those gigs where YMCA might be the only one thing song that's gonna get them on the floor, and you, a, D, a DJ with an empty dance floor, is a DJ with an empty bank account. That's all there is to it. So, it's it's it is it is a tough choice because you know, of course, there are songs that are known. Uh, uh, floor fillers from the disco era, uh, but you you don't always want to give those because those are obvious choices you want to put something that you have discovered into it and it's so rewarding when you can keep as you all can a dance floor going because you see i was at horse me and this was before my drugs kicked in and i was watching the dancers so i realized that <laughs> probably every dj who's technically better than me realized that when they first started but if everyone doesn't know the songs and they're not running to the dance floor because they hear their songs, it becomes more about the way you mix it in and the different energy and the way you make it build of each song. So it really, it does, my DJing puts more emphasis on the producer because I'm not a mix master, a beat 
mixer or anything like that. You know, I, if I play Got to Be Real by Cheryl Lynn, I want to start it with and I want to end with you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to hear every note. I want to hear every you know, I want to hear all of it. But it it is so easy to fall, whether you play disco or regular music, because, you know, the, the one thing, you, so you, like you say, Cheryl Lee Ralph in the evening, it was a hit in the gay clubs, maybe in black clubs, but that wasn't, that wasn't a chart position record. So it has to have its roots in the underground because it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't ABBA. It wasn't, you know, uh, really pop dance. I mean, you've got to know, I mean, you can't unearth a gym unless you know what a gym looks like. And I suppose because we've been going to clubs for years, and that was that is where you would hear the records that were not the radio hits, that weren't the chart hits, and so you know what works on the dance floor because those records have always been played in clubs. You know, they were made for clubs. That's that's the whole point. You know, that's what disco music was made for. It was made to be played in clubs. So I guess, I mean, by the way, I've never played YMCA, and I probably never will. But <laughs> I have played. A, I have played a track by village people called Fire Island, which I really like. So, you know, it's it's about finding the underground. So even the village people made some underground records. Um, and, yeah, you don't always have to play the number one smash hit. You can find stuff by ABBA that is more underground. Like The Visitors is a track by ABBA that we would play, which is a very kind of weird, like, late disco record from 1980 that's quite dark and moody for them, mm-hmm. um, but has a lot of energy. So I guess that's that's what we were doing. We weren't playing Dancing Queen. We were playing The Visitors. I like, and we weren't playing YMCA. We were playing Fire Island. I like Voulez-Vous by ABBA. To me, that's a disco I like jammer. Too. I mean... I mean, funnily enough, when I was a kid, ABBA were very big in the UK, as you know. They were huge. They were on top of the pops all the time. They had loads of number one hits. And I wasn't really feeling ABBA, but I really do respect them because they did know how to write a good pop song. Oh, completely. At the time, I was not, I was not, you know, they were not my favorites. But yeah, they knew they knew how to write good pop song. And actually, our friend, mutual friend Stevie, is, you know, they're having this ABBA show in London. Um and it's going to be, uh, what do you call like avatars of ABBA. But Stevie has done the, I think Stevie's doing the, the costumes for it. Stevie Stewart. Stevie, oh, wow. Stevie Stewart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. So, we... And that's going to be a show that's going to run and run and run because they don't need ABBA to be in it. They're just using these like weird avatars or something. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Avatars. Everyone's super excited. Avatars. Avatars. Avatar. I think that's what they're calling them by. Um, so if y'all if y'all are listening to us and you're younger and you're thinking why are these fools going on about disco, I want to tell you that even the cheapest disco record sometimes uh, before the '80s hit, they had a full string section, a full horn section, a full Latin percussion section on these little bitty records. I mean that were from a small small label. I don't know if it was that 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 you know it was harder i mean it was easier or cheaper to get musicians or you know unions or whatever but i mean they threw down even on a record you know from a small new york label west end hot shot 
international smash. Also, the record label for Is It All Over My Face. You just mentioned ABBA. I wanted to just tell some people why we're talking about disco. So ABBA, uh, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight, that was sampled for a Madonna song, Hung Up. Mo Money, Mo Problems uh, was uh, a Diana Ross sample of I'm Coming Out, which was produced by Chic. Faith Evans, Love Like This, was also a sample of a Chic song called Chic uh, Cheer. And Janet Jackson, All For You, sampled the Luther Vandross hit uh, with Change, The Glow of Love. So this music really does keep on going. I mean, disco has an attitude that is about sexuality and abandon, I mean, hedonism, you know, getting wild, getting freaky. Uh, that was that was like part of the vocabulary. I mean, we we look, we wanted things that were outrageous. We wanted things that were, you know, I mean, we wanted songs with lyrics like push, push in the bush, which is basically a woman signifying fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. I mean, that's what that is. So, you know, that that's, that's uh, you know, it, it, it was from a really wild time. And in the same way that you can fall into the rut of playing only uh, the hit disco songs, I think a lot of DJs, myself included, play the hits now, you know, because people... I mean, I'm going to say this, especially gay people are surprising to me over the years because sometimes they don't, sometimes they buy what they're sold musically a lot, you know? And um, I don't, I think we used to have the ears that, Luke, not everybody's a DJ, you know, but do, do you see what I'm getting at? I mean, did, did, did gay, what, I guess what I'm trying to ask in a roundabout way is that now gays have more rights. Uh, before we had a super cool culture, <laughs> and, and now and that seemed to have disappeared with some of the rights. I still want the rights, but do you sometimes miss our grasp on you know everything from you know music to uh, theater to you know fashion? I mean, I think that there's always been bad taste in. <laughs> And good, you know, there's always been edgy stuff and underground stuff and good stuff. And there's always been tacky stuff in the gay world, if you like, or in the gay clubs or in the gay scene. So there's always been some really great music or some really bad music. And I just think it depends. And there's always there's always going to be some kids who are doing something fun or who are putting on a party where they're playing good music or interesting music or underground music or, you know, not commercial music. And then there's going to be the other bars and clubs that just play, you know, really commercial stuff. And I think it's always been like that. I don't think there was ever a golden era where, like, gay clubs or gay bars were just this, you know, these... Um, I mean, I think they were underground as, as far as, like, they were kind of behind closed doors a lot more, perhaps. And they were a bit more edgy because they were, you know, perhaps sort of in areas of town where it was kind of, you know, they, they were forced to on into the margins of, of, of cities. But I don't think it was like there was a golden era when everything was super, everything that gays touched was super cool and super amazing. I think there's always been some cheese and some kind of bad stuff, but there's always been some good stuff. And I think that's what 
today is like that as well. So you can go to super commercial places and see people having a good time, but dancing to super commercial, obvious music. And then you can also find on the same night in the same city, another venue where it'll be super underground, super freaky, super like interesting, arty, whatever. And, you know, and I think that's always been like that. So I don't think there was ever a, a golden age. I think for perhaps people of our age, maybe we look around and we're not, we don't know what's going on, what the underground is, because we're not, we're too old for it now. So there's, there's kids out there who are doing what we were doing when we were, you know, young, and they're doing credible stuff and they're doing interesting stuff. But it's just maybe we don't. Oh, they're doing know it. Where it, it they're doing it in Brooklyn. <laughs> they, they are. I know they are. I just don't get my old ass over there. But I mm-hmm. also think that so for all the years that I was clubbing, not just the years of disco music, but all the years that I was clubbing, eighties, nineties, thousands, and you know, up until today. So you would go into a big, big room, and you weren't there to say to the DJ. Will you play Britney Spears? Because you knew that if you came into a club environment, I mean, yeah, like you say, maybe there were clubs like G-A-Y in London that would play the Britney Spears, but you're not going to go up to Louis Vega or Frankie Knuckles and say, could you play Britney? Security will be uh, escorting you out. And you don't want to, you don't want them to vary from from their playlist because they're knocking your socks off. Um, with stuff you've never heard. And so, you know, you 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 want to ask mm. them, what is this? Because back when we didn't have Shazam, that's what you had to do. Mm. And if it was the DJ special mix, he might not tell you. Mm. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, th- I think that is kind of true. I think there is a way that people relate to DJs now that maybe we would never have done in our day. Um, and they sort of expect to hear what they want to hear or they'll come up or they'll have a sign on their phone and it'll be written what they want. And, yeah, there's a sort of sense of entitlement or people that only want to dance to stuff that they know, that they've listened to on their Spotify. It used to be that some of the some of the clubs that I used to play at back in the, like, noughties where it was maybe where I wasn't playing disco, I was playing R&B. You know, they would only want to play. They would only want to dance to tracks that they'd seen the video for on MTV or whatever they were watching. You know, that was playing all the videos. And I can remember I had a promo copy of "Crazy in Love" by Beyonce on vinyl before it came out, and I was like, "Wow, that is an amazing record. That's a jam that they're going to love." And I played it on the dance floor at Fruit Machine at Heaven to, in the R&B room, which was a big room. And it cleared the dance floor because those queens did not know it. Now, when that record came out and the video came out, you can, I, you know, you can imagine that everybody was asking for that record because they'd seen the video and they knew the track and they loved it. But when before they knew it and before they'd seen the video, they were like, "I don't know this." But once they knew it, then they couldn't get enough of it and they were asking for it like every ten minutes. Can you play "Crazy in Love"? And I just thought, "Wow, that's interesting." That sometimes certain, you know, in. Uh, that, that there was a sort of time when either people needed to see the video or that now they perhaps need to have heard it on 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 uh, on Spotify or whatever streaming service they're using and they can't kind of quite get their bodies moving to something that they don't know. But that's the genius thing about Horsemeat Disco. I know for a fact that often we're playing those records to kids who are in their 20s and they have never heard them before. They don't, you know, it's not like us that we we've known those records for all our lives they have, and that I, I often gag. I look out and I'm like, these kids are probably 21. We play to a lot of student kind of venues in the UK, 
and they're dancing to stuff and I'm thinking, I know they don't know this record, but they're feeling it. You know, that is so exciting. That's such a nice but there, thing. There's to a see. lot of joy. So, you know, there's a lot of joy in that music. There's a lot of love in the production of artists like Patrice Russian, Chic, you know, uh, Change that did the Luther Vendross song. But now y'all have also at, over at Horsemeat headquarters moved into producing your own music, including an exciting new release with Sister Sledge's Kathy Sledge. Now, has this been... I tried... You have a new album out called Back to Mind, but y'all told me to go pre-order it. I said, I'll order it when the shit shit is out. But So you have a new album. Tell us about all your releases. I know you put out a a whole album during COVID. Okay, so during COVID, we released uh, our, our... album of original music it was a double vinyl and also a cd and you can stream it it was called love and dancing it's on Glitterbox recordings and it was produced by luke solomon and us and we wrote some of the songs i wrote some of the lyrics and we were lucky enough to work with kathy sledge for those of y'all tracks. who don't know she's saying you um, are a family we are family the... <laughs> yeah so kathy sledge from sister sledge we were lucky enough to work with her kathy is an absolute darling she was a joy to work with we we wrote us we wrote a track together uh me kathy and luke solomon um the, the producer on the album called jump into the light and actually this new so the new album is a compilation album that's like a, an album of tracks that we've picked and it, we've mixed it together and that's going to be available for streaming and there is vinyl in the cd and we've done a dub version of jump into the light so there's an exclusive mix of that kathy sledge track and then we we you know we worked luke's we worked with Amy Douglas and we had a track with Indaya Davenport from Love Brand her. New Heavies on there. And also Xavier oh, yeah. from Xavier New York Smith. With, is on a track with yes. Roy. Okay. Yeah, Xavier Smith is on Inc. a track with Roy. And so the album, yeah, so the album was like uh, something that took, it took quite a few years to, to, to pull it all together because we were doing tracks here and there and Luke was, Luke Solomon was helping us and getting different vocalists like Amy Douglas involved and getting, you know, vocalist to do some writing for us we we use a singer called uh uh Fee McCloskey a, a, a London-based singer as well so yeah that took a while but it came out in lockdown so it was weird because it was kind of a strange time to be putting an album out because we couldn't go and tour it we couldn't go and you know play this tracks out in the clubs but it is really nice to have our own music to play when we do sets and knowing that people have listened to it and and so it's nice to see them that they you know singing along to the the Kathy Sledge track. I, I did a gig in Liverpool last week or the weekend before, and I played the Kathy Sledge track, um, Falling Deep in Love, which Roy, Roy Inc. actually wrote the lyrics to. And it was really nice to see people that knew the song and were singing. So that was oh, that's yeah, a that great was, song. That, that sounds like then, chic. And now we have a oh, go new. Ahead. Go ahead. That song sounds yeah. like chic. So, so yeah, we were really. I was, lucky the song to sounds do like that. chic. Some of the arrangement. Obviously, you love chic. Uh, I didn't know that Roy contributed to the lyrics but that's a great song i was listening to the dave lee mix of that which is fantastic is that all real strings he made it really good is it real he he did a really good chic. yeah it's real strings real strings and and dave lee did a really good chic sounding version of it which was like we were like so happy with with what he did with the track so yeah real strings real music real real musicians um and so that the the uh so yeah, Roy, Roy, Roy wrote the lyrics. Oh, so the, the, the compilation that's mixed is called Back to Mine, and 
for those who don't know, it's more down-tempo tracks that many celebrity DJs have done over decades, whereas maybe you call it chill-out music. I don't know what you call it. It's a series of compilations that lots of different DJs, I think the last one that was out was Fatboy Slim did one, and lots of different people have done them over the years, different DJs, and they asked us to do one. And it's about back the idea of back to mine. It's like music that you might play after the club when you invite people back to mine. And so it's like not so much about dancing, but it's just quality music and sort of finding obscure tracks and 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 kind of just putting together a little almost like as if you were doing a mixtape for someone and um so we all selected a few tracks there's a track by Roisin Murphy on there um there's a track by Gwen McRae there's a really nice track by uh, a woman called Mar Margot Margot Mar okay. Margie Lomax called God's Greatest Gift to a, is a Woman God, God's Greatest Gift to Man is a Woman and I was looking on I have the tw the original vinyl of that and I was looking on the internet the other day and that record sells for like 200 pounds and I don't think it's actually ever been released digitally so just to buy the album just for that one track is like a cheaper way of having access oh, cool. to that track um so yeah it's a, it's a mixture of different styles different sounds and yeah we're lucky to do it um and it it, it comes out Excellent. on Friday Luke yeah. Tell us a little bit more about where to meet. Yes, follow there. you, follow Horse Meat on social media. So we're on Insta, Insta, Instagram as Horse Dash Meat Dash Disco. I think it's underscore actually Horse underscore oh. Meat. <laughs> Whatever Horse Meat Disco. Just look it up. <laughs> there's also a Horse Meat Disco Berlin on Instagram, and then there's you know Facebooks and. I think there might be a Twitter. I've actually taken myself off social media, so I'm not really on it. But I do have an Instagram account, which is LukeHMD1969, but I've kind of stopped posting. I just lurk around, and I, I'm just um, always disappointed, Bonnie, that you don't write enough under your <laughs> posts. I'm always like thinking, I want a whole. I want them to be as long as like a New York, a New Yorker article. Otherwise, it's just not enough for me. Bitch, Bonnie. you're lucky you know, to get I my gyms for free. Listen, how did you come up with the name Horsemeat Disco? <laughs> Horsemeat Disco. So it has nothing to do with horse Shit. dick. Okay, by goodbye. Because I think people often goodbye, think horsemeat. Yeah. <laughs> so it actually comes from there was a time in the early noughties when there was this scandal because horse meat was being discovered in food that was for sale in the supermarkets, but it wasn't listed as horse meat. It was being sold as beef when it was actually horse meat. And there was a headline in the newspaper that said, horse meat discovered in salami. Oh. And half of the headline was covered up. So instead of saying discovered, it said horse meat disco. Oh, there you go. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You have to know how to spell to get that. Oh, joke, so it might no, be. Oh, uh, no, 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 Monet isn't here. <laughs> She's not with us. Don't say that about. I'm actually still really disappointed and gutted that that Monet isn't here. She's so Monet, not. If you're listening, <laughs> please come back soon. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, she had a week off exactly. from this voice, like... and we already did this uh, wild <laughs> podcast on Sirius Radio yesterday with Lacey about scammers and i mean that she is a uh, hilarious and on a mission but monet will be back with us next week she's a little busy with her publicity tour and uh 
Luke, you'll be here in New York City. Labor Day, uh, I mean, Memorial Day weekend. Sunday. Sunday, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, at the Knockdown in, is that Brooklyn or Queens? I'm mm-hmm. so disjointed. It's. I think it's maybe Queens. I I haven't been, so I don't know. I have, and I don't um, know. Bunny, it's always ooh, a pleasure. Ooh, it's always puke, a pleasure talking puke, to you. Yeah. <laughs> puke. <laughs> All right, well, I will see you on... She rings me up. Let me just tell the okay. listeners that she, this woman rings me up <laughs> and she just acts so stupid on the phone and I'm just thinking, go away. And then she'll just put the phone down on me as well. So. Well, honey, I mean... <laughs> when she gets bored, she just doesn't say goodbye. She just hangs uh, up Maybe on I passed out. <laughs> Did you ever think that that was a cry for help? <laughs> it might be like I've fallen and I can't oh, get can't up. Get... <laughs> You need to Can't like pull get your it. alarm. Oh my god, the cruelty from the guests. I thought I got it every week from fucking Monet. Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> I've heard you and Monet, and you give you give as good as, as listen as though. As you get. You've got another gig in the New York area before Memorial Day weekend. I saw it. Oh, or maybe it was just Not a release more. for the Back to Mind compilation. So when is it actually out for those who don't like to pre-order and save? Because I don't know how to do that. It's out on Friday, oh, so, I think. So it's coming out The day this, this podcast comes out, you can yeah. buy it. You can stream it. They love it more if you, if you buy it. Um, but And, and the, you said mm-hmm. the pink vinyl was mm-hmm. sold. Pink and black vinyl was sold out. I'm, I'm old, but I'm gagged that people are still buying vinyl. They are buying vinyl, yeah. I'm gagged too, but I'm happy that they are. So that's that's nice because I think a lot of people like to have stuff that they can hold in their hands and read and look at the artwork and put the record on. So yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I do miss the the, like the liner notes, even of a CD, uh, you know, cover. I do miss the liner notes. I same it here. It was something that. Same here. I missed a lot. I like to know who played what, who wrote what, who produced what. You know, I like to know. Well, honey, they things, tell me. So. You do get a little bit of that on Spotify, but well, not really. Because I heard that they listen to them on Spotify and they don't even know who the damn artists are. And you say, "What's this song?" And they're like, "I don't know. It's just on a playlist." I'm like, "Oh my god, yo! You need to find. You need to say to yourself, self, I love this song, and I'm gonna check out this artist. I'm gonna listen to the hit song. I'm gonna go and see how many the other, uh, the other song, how the progress bar on how much the other songs sold that are the hits, and then I'm gonna look into their album cuts and check out their deep uh, album cuts so that you can one day become a Luke Howard or a horsemeat disco DJ and play your favorite music for throngs of adoring crowds worldwide until they hear me that is okay so (laughs) <laughs> so anyway I, I i i i always go nuts when i'm listening to luke uh, in uh, at the eagle in london it's just it's just a great party and it's always it's always a pleasure to see you shaking doing your stuff on the dance floor and just you know you're like hurricane bunny when you come in the eagle and we see you we just we we love it we live for for your visits so hopefully about- you'll be back Soon, I just want to say I'm very excited because Diana Ross is playing at Glastonbury this year and we are DJing at Glastonbury. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Miss Ross because actually I've seen most of my heroes in concert and weirdly 
Um, Dinoris is one of my biggest, you know, my favorite artists of all time. I've never actually seen her do a full show. So I am super psyched that I'm going to get to see her at Glastonbury, which I think is going to be a really fun gig. I've seen her a few times. I've seen her a few times. I mean, I love her like you do. So who would some of your other heroes that you've gotten to see in concert? I know you've seen Grace Jones. So I was lucky enough to see. Oh, yeah, I've seen Grace Jones quite a few times. I was lucky enough to see Aretha Franklin in the 80s at Radio City Music Hall in New York with my first ever boyfriend. Um, so that was a major thrill because she, Aretha did not fly, so she never came to Europe. She very, very rarely played in the UK. Like, I, I, can't, I, don't, I, I don't know of any times actually she did perform here. So for me to have seen Aretha was, like, amazing. Um, I've seen Patti LaBelle. I've seen Gladys Knight quite a few times. I love Gladys Knight. She puts on a very good show. She is very No, no, she's not. She cancels a lot. I've seen Dionne Warwick. She cancels a lot. Yeah, she cancels in May. I mean... Well, she's coming to the UK. I saw the sign. Funnily enough, Gladys Knight... A few years ago, Gladys Knight was doing her farewell tour in the UK, and I went to see her in London and Sheffield, which is my hometown, because I was like, well, if Gladys is never going to come back, I need to go and see her. And now she's she's been back about three times since then, and she's touring this year in the UK. So I have tickets so you, to she, see her this year. I also have tickets to see... I have tickets. I have tickets to see Patrice Russian, what? who's coming over to to the UK, which I'm very excited about. For those about. that don't yes. know, Patrice... Um, Patrice Russian is so her biggest song was "Forget Me Not." Her album cuts are all incredible. Uh, that was the song that they sampled for Will Smith's um, uh, big hit, first big rap hit. I don't remember. Oh no, the Men in Black theme song. And that wasn't his first, but yeah. That and she's an amazing musician, amazing keyboard player, amazing writer, singer. So some of the art- other artists that I've been lucky enough to see. Uh, Live, Gene Khan is a big favorite of mine. Um, who else? Uh, what about Lolita? Out of ideas, Marlena Shaw. Okay, touch. Oh, I saw Lolita at the Roxy uh, back in the day. I saw her at the Roxy. She was fabulous. Um, and the 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 one artist that I never got to see live, and she has now passed away, or well, she passed away in the nineties, is Phyllis Hyman, and I do really regret. I never saw Phyllis before she died. And I've actually never seen Stephanie oh. Mills live in concert because she doesn't come over to the UK very often. And I love me some I love. Stephanie Mills. So I'm sad that I hopefully I will She's get to see She's one of my favorite followers point. on Instagram. I just um, worship her. Oh, and by the way, I have some good news that we can end on. Uh, Phyllis Hyman, she's back. Yeah, just like Gladys. Yeah, Phyllis where? Hyman's back. No, she's no, not, she's I dead, spoke darling. to her last night. Everything's good. She wants to perform for you. Do explain. She please. wants to perform. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you fucking idiot. She's such an idiot, <laughs> listeners. This woman is just demented. Monet, I don't know how you put up with her, honestly. They're talking to the to the host that they prefer, who isn't even here. Oh my god. I think I'd better break. I'm still sad about that. You promised me that Monet was going to well, be Well, honey, she here. had me on a show about scammers yesterday, so I guess I learned something. I scammed you. So, <laughs> yeah, bitch, exactly. she's 29 years younger than us. She doesn't know nothing about no damn disco. 
I know. Well, she, she, you know, yes. she's learning from you. She's she learning, from, learning the best, much from me. But, but anyway, yes, check out mm-hmm. Horse Meat Disco if you're in New York, Knockdown Center, Memorial Day weekend Sunday. Also, back to mine compilation out by the time you mine. hear this. And uh, thank you, Luke, from joining us from all the way across Thanks the sea. Thanks for having me, All right. Oh, it's lovely to speak to you. Now piss off. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I do, and I hope that those I just hope those children recover from your show in <laughs> in Houston. They'll grow up fast at that birthday party. If the, I mean, maybe you need to pay for their therapy afterwards out of your fee that they're going to need after seeing you. Honey, I would just send the therapist to their mama. Okay, <laughs> that's true. They're going to need trauma okay, counseling. Well, they're they're going to need mama counseling if they book me because I told them what my bullshit was. Anyway, darling, thank you. All right, hon. Bon, always. always a pleasure. Okay. Speak to you soon. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcast Network.